Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. As a heads up before we start, today's audio comes from a variety of sources, including a lecture from 2011, lost tapes from the 1990s, and the primary interview. The lecture quality is not that great, but I felt it important to include in order to tell a more complete story. Enjoy the show. Season one of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs. Having started with just one person and growing to serve thousands of customers, FreshBooks knows exactly what it takes to scale your solo business. And a huge part of scaling is getting paid what you deserve and on time. With FreshBooks, you can send an invoice in less than 30 seconds. Plus, they have this really cool feature where you can see when your client has opened their invoice and schedule automatic follow-up emails that trigger if they forget to pay. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thanks and enjoy today's episode of Freelance to Founder. I remember when I was a kid, we did something wrong. Pop would tell us to go in the backwoods and pick us up. Poison Ivy. Dang, I know what's coming. He come in and boil that in the pot. And when you got boiling hot water with poison ivy in it, pour it on your head. Dang, that was a punishment in my house. And we still love and respect it, our parents. Well, you know, Jim Bob, I love being a redneck. Dang, me too. Do you have one of those friends from like 20 years back? You used to live with for a while. You used to play songs and sing. Best time overall. And you recorded them on this small little micro tape recorder. Stuffed them in a box. 20 years later, going through some tapes. Buy micro cassette player off of eBay because you couldn't find it anywhere else. Finally showed up. Recorded everything. You almost got teary because you heard your friend and yourself singing when you were 20 years old. And it was awesome. Has that ever happened to you? That's it. From Millo, I'm Dallin Wright, and this is Freelance to Founder, an all new podcast about what it takes to scale your solo business and build something bigger than yourself. On today's show, you'll learn about CJ Burton. He's the founder of C.J. Burton Photography and Illustration, and he's my friend. We have a society where almost everyone considers themselves a photographer of some sort. How do you set yourself apart as an actual professional? Turn that into actual paying jobs with actual organizations willing to put their actual trust in your creative hands. What would you think of someone with seven Time Magazine covers under their belt? How about projects with Politico, Popular Science, Variety, Wall Street Journal, ESPN, Oprah Magazine, Visa, Runner's World, book covers, websites, magazines, on and on and on. 
my father owned a photography business. I, I remember as a small boy uh, sleeping on the on the ground in his business while he was taking pictures. And so I've been around photography my whole life, and I don't think I've ever had a job that wasn't related to photography in some way. But having said that, I never intended to make it my career. I, I was all kinds of different things I was, I was thinking of going into. And then I, I had a portfolio of just a few shots that I had showed to a teacher in Las Vegas, and he had said, you know, you can make a living as a commercial photographer. And I was like, a commercial photographer? What's that? He sent me to the Art Center to look at the gallery. But when I visited the Art Center gallery there, I knew that inside of me, that this was where I needed to be. I don't know why I needed to be there, but there was something that was pushing me to be there. You don't always have the vision in mind, you don't always say this is exactly what you want, but if you follow kind of what those feelings are inside you, like I know I can do something with art, I know that I'm, I have some visual talent, and you can start putting those atoms together and you start moving. And the important thing is, you know, taking steps in the right direction. I ended up taking a, a film track at Art Center, and in there we did storyboards, and it was almost like a revelation to me. Wait a second. Yeah, in movies you sketch every, you have a script, and then you sketch that script out in storyboard form, because there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. Everyone needs to know what you're shooting. And I'm like, wait a second, that works for me. Like, And all of a sudden I realized, I like, I took the storyboard class, and I love that process of sketching everything out. I know what I'm going for, and I shoot, and I shoot, and I shoot with the model or the sets or whatever it is I'm working on until I see on the screen what I have already seen in my head. And once I get to the point, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. I knew CJ prior to his time at Art Center and his eventual professional success. Photos of his I had viewed before showed solid skills and promise, but they never made me ask the question that he continues to get still today. Man, how did you do this? This is amazing. How did you create this image? I'm like, I built a four by four frame out of wood, covered it all in foil, black tin foil. Kind of built the crater and I spray paint the foil after you've given it kind of a rock texture, spray the walls with glue and bring in sand, cover that all in there, built a, um, it's actually funny, it's sitting right here, the Apollo moon lander. It doesn't look like much, but if you go through and you look at the angle, it's just a bunch of tin foil wrapped around some two by fours. What's this crappy thing you've done? Just the right angle, everything lines up. Little LED lights and flashing, created the alien creature, clay and KY jelly, fog machine, it just low enough. You honestly look like you're in a moon crater, and there's a little spaceship off in the distance, and there's an astronaut walking up and looking over into the moon crater. So right when I got out of school, I thought I'd found this perfect thing that was different than what anybody else was doing. We're going to have to just assume that when you graduate, that you have sufficient skills. That Let's, let's, let's just take that for granted. Because every other commercial artist that you're working with in, in the world and in, the, in, in this industry has those skills. And then what you need to do starts right on top of that. And that's where you're really starting to put the atoms together. You're starting to build an identity on top of just those, those talents and those skills. The concept is a very important part of, uh, of each image that I do. And that is worked out very meticulously before I give sketches to the client. When a client comes to me, I work very hard to, to research what it is that I'm working on, and then um, brainstorm some ideas, and then sketch out those ideas and give them to the client. And so I have a very sort of formatted uh, technique with my sketchbook that I work on, where I, 
I put um, you know the job date and the and the, the client's name, and I've gotten to the point where I keep it very organized. And the reason that I do that is because I have volumes of these sketchbooks. And when a client comes to me and I'm working on sketches, and if I draw a blank, the best source of inspiration that I now have is my pile of sketchbooks. As an illustrator, or if you're a graphic designer, or especially if you're a photographer, a sketchbook is a very important thing for you to carry around, carry around with you. When an idea comes to you, you have that sketchbook, you, you get ideas in there, and I find that you become your own best source of inspiration for the world. I'm on sketchbook number 12 now. Um, they last me just about a year and a half, each sketchbook does. And they're one of my prized possessions. My sketchbooks, I honestly love them. Like I'll, I'll give them to my kids and when I die, and my kids are probably like, oh, these were dad's sketchbooks, and then we'll shove them in a box somewhere, and they'll never be seen, seen or heard from again. But they're, they're, they're a chronicle of my career, really, because they're, they're every job I've ever done, dated and in order. And it's not only the sketch that was done, that was approved by the client, but all the alternative ideas that were submitted to those clients, right? So they're just chocked full of sketches and ideas. And really only maybe a percent, like 25% of those ideas ever really make it to final. We've heard about CJ's philosophies on what he learned in school, how his process sets him apart, and even one specific key to his success, his sketchbooks. And that is all super good information to have. But how did he actually turn that into work? What did that first step look like? After the break... That bold move that could have easily backfired into self-doubt. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, 
that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn jobs. I've used it myself and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Season one of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by a company that also started with just one employee and has grown to serve thousands of customers. That company's name? FreshBooks. Lots of Miller readers and listeners use FreshBooks every day to manage their growing business. Annie, for example, founder of OffCenterDesign.co, says FreshBooks has been a total game changer. The invoicing system is so easy to use, she told me, and saves so much time. They've got an automated recurring payments option and a late payment reminder, which is really helpful. FreshBooks is without a question one of the smartest choices I've made for my business. To join Annie and try FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the how did you hear about us section. Companies like FreshBooks help us here at Millo create high quality content 100% free. If you'd like to hear more shows like this in the future, take a second and support this season's sponsor, Fresh books. Now, back to the show. So, it has the skills he just mentioned you need to have, and a unique style of creating, an identity, if you will. But how do you turn that into actual jobs? How do you make the connections that get a person from school loans to sending out your own invoices? You hit the pavement running, and you pitch yourself to Time Magazine. Hey, I'm an, an L.A.-based photographer. I happen to be in New York. I'd love for you to see my book. You know, like, but in reality, I'm like, hey, I'm just out of school. Um, I'm afraid my wife and I are starving. And would you please, 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 please let me in your office? So that, that's like, that's what I was really saying. And of course, like the, the minute I walked in, she saw right through the whole established photographer facade. She, You know, I had this crappy little portfolio that I just like, hobbled together out of school, you know, and set, but she was, she looked at it and she was impressed and she's like, Oh yeah. And so she started, I started working with her. It can be discouraging to some people with like, Oh, there's so many people in the world. There's so many people I'm competing against. Well, no, not really. I mean, if you look at whoever you are, no matter what your specialty is, if you look at how many people, and I'm talking about people who are kind of at the top of their game, you know, who are really good and, and who kind of stand out. If you look at the amount of people even in photography, you're not competing against every other photographer. No, no, no. You're, you're competing against other photographers who kind of specialize in what you do. So if you can kind of really narrow that down, you're competing against maybe, you know, maybe like 150 other guys in the world who do something similar to what you do, who are all up for the same kind of jobs, you know. But then what's going to set you apart from those other people? And once you get that work, you better make it. I feel like you got to make it a good experience because then it's like, oh, he's great. We know the work's quality and we love working with him. I always say the best way to get work is to be working. And that takes a little bit of effort to get there. But what I mean by that is so you're, you, you're starting to build these relationships and then everybody who they work with, because, you know, these art departments are varied in sizes. But once you're in with somebody like, say, at Time Magazine, there's going to be five other art directors who are also at Time Magazine. And they're going to say, oh, man, I need somebody to do the story. Hey, you know who's great? This guy I work with, CJ Burton. Give him a call. 
And then all of a sudden, the next week, you're getting a call from, you know, somebody else at Time Magazine who's like, hey, you worked with Janet on this thing. I need, here's the story. Can you do this for me? And the answer in my business is always, yep, yeah, I can do that. Doesn't matter, like, doesn't matter that in your brain, you're like, I've got no idea how I'm going to do that. But it's always, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's easy. I always say it's like you're kind of like a virus, right? You infect an entire art department. And then those people will move on. It's, the turnover in these places is crazy. And so then it's like, uh, I went to get a job. I was at Newsweek. Now, now I'm at Time. Now I'm at the Boston Globe. Now I'm at Politico. And now I'm at Mary Claire. Or now I'm at Oprah. I shoot for magazines where I'm like, oh, I never thought I'd work for Oprah Magazine. But I shoot for them all the time, you know? Or I never thought I'd work for Popular Mechanics. But it turns out to be a great relationship. It's because you're just around and you're working with people and you're sort of in the environment. I've been around a few companies, but I've never been around a successful one that didn't master the paperwork, the bill collecting, government adhering aspects of a business. The gritty part. I like to call it the not so fun for too many creative types type of work. Invoicing. I got, you know, I feel guilty now that I'm saying I got two invoices right here on my desk I got to send out today. Yeah, they're not the funnest things, but, you know, it's fun having money, too. The fun can stop real quick if the money's not coming in. You cannot be successful as a creative artist if you don't combine what you're doing with the business stuff. And it isn't even like it's unpleasant, you know? You just have to get used to it. Um, and I think it's a little bit like growing up. Like, eventually, you got to learn to balance your checkbook, you know? Hopefully, you do that at a younger age or whatever. But when, you, you know, when it becomes to business... You've got to know that your taxes are due every quarter. I mean, you know, you got to pay those taxes because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. You know, and it only takes it only takes a couple of times for the IRS to come looking for you, and you realize, oh crap, I didn't pay I didn't pay taxes out of the last two quarters. Before you you're going to learn that lesson. What's the stereotype? Is that you're all just kind of like woo, and everything's laying all over, and you don't have an organization, and it's those little things that I. I'm so serious about keeping organized and structured that allow me to to continue doing what I'm doing and allow me to to have the right kind of scaffolding around the creative process that allows me to build it and put it together the right way. And as soon as I get a job, I'll put a little information sheet in there. The specs are, when the due date is, client is, budget is. I just keep all that stuff in that plastic envelope. Keep that job kind of number with my sketchbook. It all relates to each other. I the sketches out. I keep those sketches in the job jacket. Those job jackets are really important. If I lose one, I get real panicky. It's exciting to get a job. I'm creating. I'm sketching. Submitting those sketches to the client. The client's happy. They approve them. Now the job jacket moves from that creative side of things. It becomes the place where all the receipts go. Any invoices I get. Assistant, stylist, studio, whatever. Whatever. Everything that is related to that job stays in the job jacket. Now that job jacket moves a creative thing to a business thing because right now there's two loaded and ready to go on my desk and they remind me, hey, then I do an invoice and I send the invoice to them and then that invoice goes in the job jacket. It goes on the to be paid pile. Payment comes in. Make a note that that's been paid. Job jacket gets emptied. All the paperwork goes into a file. It gives it like presence in my life. It's almost like carrying a child with me. Wow. That is the opposite of me to a T. I hope that CJ would agree with me that you don't have to do it the exact way he does, but you do need to follow a consistent and a repeatable process. 
If you nail that, you may just keep landing interesting jobs in the future. I'm working on right now on a project for ESPN, the cover of ESPN. And it's a story about the strange year that we had in sports, the fact that the Cubs were able to come back and win after so long, and the Cavaliers coming back being down three games, and just how these things are happening. And, and so like they came to me and they said, well, so what do we do? You know? And I thought, and I recently done a story for ESPN where it was the goat's head on a wall. And so we talked about maybe bringing the goat back into it. And so I just did some sketches for him and the cover, the cover so it's just been approved, is this, is the goat and it looks like he's in the, in the seats of a Cubs game and he's got like a Cubs hat on and he's totally like, <clears throat> so he's got his, he's got his arms up in celebration. And so it's just that idea, clients love that I can bring <clears throat> that creativity to the table and just don't go, what do you guys want me to shoot? You know, cause I was never, I was never that kind of photographer who was like, Dude, I'll just bring my camera and we'll just let the light appear and we'll make magic together. You just, in fact, I'm really bad at that, to be like, truth be told. There's nothing that sort of gives me a panic attack quicker than when somebody's like, ah, oh, CJ's a photographer, give him the camera. You know, like I run from those, I run from those situations. Like at family events, I, the last thing I do is pick up a camera. I don't like it. I don't enjoy walking around. Anybody who's close to me knows that. And that it's like this funny little irony. Well, CJ, CJ is a photographer. I, I actually don't even really think of myself as a photographer. I think of myself as an illustrator and, and photography is really my medium, you know, cause it all, it, it comes from that hard work, really, really kind of, you know, shaping those ideas through illustrating them coming up. So using that creative side of my brain. I don't live with CJ, but at the time that I did, I never saw a person without optimism, without happiness in his core. That's why when he shared the story of a pretty scary medical event, he makes it sound funny and at the same time inspiring. When I really know what it's like to have that happen. A couple years ago, I myself came upon my wife laying down on the floor of her bathroom, and she was curled up in a ball of pain. The pain was so strong that she couldn't even yell out to me. CJ and my wife shared the same experience, the same medical problem. Now, he's not inhuman, but when he shares his challenges, they don't come even close to a pity party. I should say here that my wife shares that aspect as well. He instead uses that as personal motivation. And I was in the middle of like five different deadlines. And I was in the middle of production. I'd shot a bunch of them. I was working on sketches. I was just, was one of those, I was just in the middle of, I had so many things going on in the air. And I'd eaten something else, who knows what it was, but I got home that night and I just had another gigantic gallbladder attack to the point where I had to call, my wife had to call 911. And they were carrying me to the hospital and the only thing I kept on saying was, I cannot have surgery tonight. I've got a deadline in two days. So this cannot happen. <laughs> And they thought, oh, and I remember, like, and they put me out, and I was like, don't take my gallbladder out, because I've got to wake back up and go into work and finish these deadlines, because there is no excuse. No creative director cares that you had your gallbladder out. You've just got to get that work done. Once your work's done, go get your gallbladder out all you want. Being your own boss is great. It has so many pros. But that's, you know, those are the cons, too. When the work needs to be done, there is no, there's just no excuse in life. You know, you just got to get the work done. So we scheduled the gallbladder for the just the right time. I got my work done, got everything finished up, went back in and had the surgery. And 
couple days, and you know, a few days later, I was back to work. You never want to sound like the old man, but it's like, it, we're, you can't, there's no excuses. You can't have an excuse. There's no, there's no, there's no excuses once you start working in the industry. But yet, when you were, you know, you go to a crit, like an art school, and it's like, well, what happened? This image doesn't seem finished or whatever. Oh, well, I was shooting it. My grandma got sick, and I had to run out the door. So this is, like, all I was able to do, like, for this production, you know? And, uh, and it was like, the teachers were just like, well, that doesn't cut it. You know, I don't care. I'm, I, this may sound bad. I don't care that your grandma got sick. But I, I needed this on my... Because that's what happens in the real world. If you've got a deadline, there is no excuse. And that's the kind of attitude and work ethic, along with heaps of creativity and discipline, that gets you covers, gets you success, and gets you into a career that you love doing each and every day. For some reason, my, um, my career has just always kind of been on an upward trajectory, and it continues to do that. Like, it's, it's always kind of changing and and evolving, and I think the thing that helps me on that side of thing really is my creativity. Well, I know this for a fact, two things that people are drawn to, they're drawn to a good experience, and then they're drawn to creativity, creative people and people who are fun to be around. And so whenever I have a client who I'm working with, I try to really make sure that they have a good experience. That no matter what, I mean, apart from the work itself, that they, the experience to them is, is something that's pleasurable. So when they then they say, "Yeah, this guy, the work was great, and he is phenomenal to work with," that that and that's really what my whole career is kind of based on. It's like, yeah, I, I use that creative side of my brain, and they like that. They like the fact I'm a problem solver, and so the clients that I work with have really, you know, when they find me, they they tend to keep me working, keep me busy, because they they like the fact that I solve those problems for them. And, and then they, I make sure that they have a good experience once it starts to happen. You know, all those big questions of, of like, well, what's the business, you know, what's it turning into? What is it becoming? What does it mean to be a photographer? Like, all that stuff is sort of like out there in the ether and it's like, it's fun to chit chat with, you know, with people when you're like on set or when you're talking to your rep. But all that really matters to you is if, are you working or are you not working? And that's the story of CJ Burton. You can contact him at cjburton.com or if you know where he lives, you may just catch him diving into his new pool. We'll be back next time with the story of Mike Brown and Death Wish Coffee. We talk with him roughly one year after he accomplished the largest media win a company may ever achieve. You can subscribe to the show and listen to the entire first season at FreelanceToFounder.com. That's FreelanceToFounder.com. While you're there, you'll also find a free gift we've included just for you. If you enjoyed the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us an honest review. Ratings and reviews help us to improve the show and help others find it more easily. Might I also request you personally tell one other person about the show? How about that friend you made a high school movie with? By mulching up your mom's canned beets, jamming the messy results into Ziploc bags, dispersing them in a dummy made from paper mache and your dad's work clothes, and then blasting it with a shotgun in the desert. Yeah, that dude would like to hear about this show. For Millo, I'm Dallin Wright. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Okay, we'll check this out, ready?
I, pl- I busted this I, I practiced this the other day in in lieu of thinking of you what would it say for you to forgive me what would it say for you to forgive me I've been pushed around pushed around in my head you know don't remember anything I said what would it say what would it say what would it say bring back memories that is freaky <laughs> that totally blows my mind man did it take you back it did it did and it's like if you would have paid me a million dollars to sing back any of the songs you did i wouldn't have been able to do it but boom there it is yeah flooding back yeah <laughs> oh, thanks for playing that that was cool <laughs> 